I'm not going to take more time to. Let me ask you a question. How many of you love sport, or how many of you play sport before? Oh, there's no PowerPoint this side only. Have to move this side. Or since I was a little boy, I love a soccer, and I'm soccer player. And so when I play soccer, there are rules to follow. Look at if if I did not follow the rules, I could kick the person in, in his leg, and he may broke, and he may get hurt. But I there's a rules to follow something when we play the sport. Not only soccer, the basketball, or any sport. Even not only sport, there is the family rules and the organization rules, society. There is everywhere, wherever we go, there is the rules. So when we play soccer, if we get, if we fall, there is the referee has to give us or uh, stop us playing, and he will give you depend on what kind of falls we did. He may give you a yellow card or green card or red card. If you get a red card, what will happen? We have to stop the game, and I have to. We have to go out from the field. Even we cannot play the next game. So everything's we have rules in the sport, and even in our life, everyone has our own rules. And we have been reading and talking in our small group Sunday school and Sunday morning services and Sunday evening services from. Genesis to Matthew, the whole book, and now we are in Exodus, the end of Exodus. We're so much familiar with the story already. So today I'm going to talk about Exodus chapter 32. And the last couple Sunday, the preacher has been talking about the gospel, good news, and new identity, and living into God's given identity. And last Sunday, the pastor gave us the wonderful sermon about the faithfulness of God. So today, I'm going to talk about God's anger toward God's anger and mercy toward His people, the people of God, the people of Israel. So, as we all know, Exodus means departure or going out. So, what happened in Exodus chapter 32? They broke the law. They broke the rules. As I say, it's like when we play sport, when we broke the rules, there is, the referee has to give us. So what kind of law did the people of Israel break? Let's look back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 2 and until 6. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, God, the Lord your God, am as the last God, Punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who had me. It's scary. But showing love to the thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commitment. So the people of Israel broke the covenants of God. 
the law of God by making an idol on the calf. The Ten Commandments said, You shall not have other God, you shall not make, you shall not bow down, nor sheep. They make, they have other God, they, they bow down and they worship. Not only they make golden calf, as I say, they bow down and worship the hand made of the golden calf. The good thing is, God's still merciful for his people. How much they crumbling and complain, God still forgive their sin and love them. So what make the people of Israel sins against God in Exodus chapter 32? They are impatient. They cannot wait to come down Moses from the mountain, Mount Sinai. He is talking with God and he is communication. He has a connection and talking with God that what to do for his people. But the people, his people cannot wait to come down. Let's wait to make us the understanding of the, uh, how hurt it is to wait something. There's, I can watch a video here. Short video. Can I get a short video? <laughs> I'm sorry, those people here cannot see this side.
So waiting is hard. As we see the children are when, if they can wait until the time that give them, they'll, they'll get two, and if they cannot wait, only one, if they feel stomach or not, so they don't get any more. Let's look at our main scripture from Exodus chapter 32, verse 1 to 4. I'm not going to read the whole scripture. I'll read when I'm well speaking. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered to them, Take off the gold earring that your wives, your son, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earring and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it in, into an idol cage in the safe of a golden calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your God, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. And when we look To the New Testament from Acts chapter 7 verse 41. That was the time they met an idol in the form of a calf. They brought the sacrifices to it and revealed it what their own hand has met. And let's look at another one from Psalm 106, 1922. At Horeb, they met a calf and worshipped an idol cast from metal. They exchanged their glorious God for an image of a bulls, which is grass. They forgot the God who saved them, who had, that, who had done a great thing in Egypt. A great thing. It's not just a simple thing. Miracles in the land of Ham in Wasm did by the Red Sea. We all know what happened in the Red Sea when the Israel people crossed. I love what the psalm says. Let me repeat. Verse 20 and 21. They exchanged the glorious God for an image of a bull with its crush. 
They forgot the, the real God. They forgot the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt. Psalm 106 tells us that God's people did not obey Him. God's people did not listen to what God said. They did not do what God wanted them to do. We are the people of God. We are the children of God. Sometimes we fail to obey what He wants us to be and what He wants us to do, as like the people of Israel. When we look back to Genesis, when Abraham was 75 years old, God promised to him to be a great nation. But what happened to them with his, his wife? They cannot wait their time, God's time. And instead of waiting God's time, they make their own time and their own way to have a child. In the same way today, what is most of people has a problem waiting. So how many of you like waiting? I don't like waiting. I am a very impatient person. My wife knows me, if you ask. I remember when I was in a hospital waiting for my daughter to see. I am impatient to wait. I remember when I was holding and my wife's head and then there is the people, the doctor, and then waiting for my baby, my daughter to come out. But when he come, when she came out, there is a joy that I can't even express myself. There is a joy that even the tears that come out. But the sad thing I still feel when I saw, when I see my wife that I can't leave because the color is changed and there's still going on so many things and but the doctor told me to go out and I go back again and then they said, no, you can't come in anymore. But I can't wait to come back, my wife, from operation room. But I go back again the same time. They said, no, you can't come in anymore. Waiting is very hard, especially when we have something to laugh, our loved one too, we're waiting. And everyone has, we have something to waiting for. I have always something that waiting for in my life. I always have when those who are studying, they are waiting. We are, when we are studying, we are waiting for finishing our school. And when we, my friend used to joke me, he is still single. He is a missionary. He used to joke with me. I'm single and waiting for a mingle. So he all the time used to joke me when we chat. He is in uh, Thailand and we study in the same school and he is a good guy. And he's, so we always used to joke each other and that's the way that uh, human life, that we always something that we're waiting for. Some people waiting for a family, someone in the members that are for a big days, and someone waiting for just to see even grandchildren, right? <laughs> we're waiting for something. You know, the last one we are waiting for is the most exciting one which is to see Jesus face to face and meet family members and friends in heaven. You know, what someone that you'll meet in heaven that even you may not recognize that you may not in the town in John Day. He may be somewhere else from when you travel that you met a friend that you may meet in heaven. You may say, hey, you, I know you from where you, that, that, that country that we have been there. 
That's the word that I remember when my aunt was lived with us and when the missionary or the preacher, some preacher from outside the town came and when they asked us to pray request and he, she always used to say, the first thing, prayer request is, I want to see Jesus. I don't want to live in this world. I want to go to my real father's house. And she died when I was in India in 2010. And now she is with Jesus. That's what she is waiting for. She is waiting for to see Jesus. And when we go to, when we see face to face Jesus, how the joyful will be. There will not be, there's no more sorrow, there's more crying, there's no more pain. But remember, there is something sad when, you're, when we did not see all our loved ones and family members in heaven and someone is screaming and crying because of the pain and the fire. How painful and difficult we can see in Luke chapter 16 from the story of Lazarus and the rich man. So if you want to see all your loved one in heaven now is the time to tell them who God is and, and praying for them and so that they also may know Jesus and accept their Lord and personal Savior so that they can see Jesus and they can be where we are and we all can be the same place. As like the people of Israel, sometimes we're, we are also impatient in waiting. One time, the family friends asked me, what is our long-time goal? And I told them our long-time goals. And then they told me, remember, we, 30 years ago, we have been praying for to be a missionary. But God wants us to be in, in some different direction than we want. And then we wait for 30 years and this is the year that God allowed us. And they are waiting 30 years. And then God allowed them just last year and a half or a couple years ago. So we need to wait some time. And we want to see quickly everything. The people of Israel had seen many time God's power to their leaders, Moses and Aaron, and in the power of God and the authority. But they still doubt God's power. So they are not only impatient, and they are also doubting God's power. Deuteronomy chapter 1, chapter 1 29, verse 29 and 33 says, Then I say to you, do not be shocked. Nor fear them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight on your behalf. Just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And I the wilderness and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you. Just as a man carries his son in all the way which you have walked until, the, the, until, you, come, you, until you came to this place. But for all this you did. You did not trust the Lord your God who goes before you on your way to seek out a place for you to encamp in fire by night and cloud by day to show you the way in which you should go. 
and doubting may result drifting, drifting from faith in spiritual decline. We can see from Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 to 13, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you, you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turn away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin, deceitfulness. And also doubt bring the risks of God's judgment. Doubt bring the risks of God's judgment. Number 2012 said, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in this sign of the Israel, you will not bring them, this community, into the land I give them. That's the, because of doubting and because of the breaking the rules. And also doubt leads to ineffectiveness in prayer. James chapter 1 verse 6, 8 says, But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, for that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man and unstable in all his way. So the people of Israel were impatient to wait until Moses came back from Mount Sinai, and not only impatient but also lack of faith in the in God. They are uncertain and hesitant, and they were uncertain about the will of God, and they were uncertain about the, their life. They were uncertain about God's love. Not only that, they also forgot. God's covenant. Forgetting God's covenant, we can see from Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 23. Be careful not to forget the covenants of the Lord your God that He met with you. Do not for, do not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in the Lord your God has forbidden. And second King chapter 17, 38 says, do not forget the covenants. I have met with you and do not worship other gods. And forgetting God's way. Isaiah chapter 55, 6, 8 says, Seek the Lord, while you may be found, call on him, while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thought. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my way, declare the Lord. Therefore, when the Israel people break God's rule or God's law, God was so angry. God was burned with his anger because of there is no other Savior, there is no other God, and he is the one that made King Pharaoh heard her, and he the one that make Aaron's staff turn into snake, and he the one that make brought them all the plagues when they are in Egypt, and he the one that brought them out of Egypt, and he the one that helped them to cross the Red Sea, and he the one that provide them manna when they are need from heaven, and they they are such of the food that they still complain and they still trembling to the people of Israel that time. 
We are still, we are like the Israel of the people of Israel. Sometimes we just want to complain. We just scrambling. But God is faithful. God is merciful. He never changed his life. And he is always faithful for his people. But what happened to the people of Israel? They forsook the living God and made the golden calf and to worship. And they were singing and dancing and drinking in front of the golden calf. God has angry with the people of Israel. And God said to Moses, Go down, because your people whom you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast the self of calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your God, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. God said, They are stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone. And God was burning with anger. And Moses come down from the mountain and in, in his hand there is two tablets. The tablet was the work of God and the writing was the writing of God. And he showed the people that worshipping idols. And before they closed it, when they are near to the camp and Joshua said to Moses, He said, there is a sound of war in the camp. And Moses replied, it is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is not the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses came near to the camp and that he showed that the golden calf and he angry, he threw the, the, the tablet, the two tablet was given from God. And the tablet was broken pieces. And the next day, Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves God of gold, but now please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. Moses was sacrificed himself for his people. If he don't see his people in heaven, even he he chose to be to take off from the book of life. He he chose to be take a blood out from the book that God has written his name. It's a powerful prayer. So can you pray for our community, or our family, friends, and members, and our loved ones, as Moses pray for his people. Are you willing to sacrifice yourself for your loved one, your family, your community, your children who don't know Jesus yet? Imagine someday we are all going to see Jesus face to face and if your family members, your loved one are not the same place, you hear them and you, you see them where they are and how sad it will be. We cannot change them. We cannot help them anything anymore. 
as, as like the, the story of Lazarus and the rich man. So now is the time to pray for them and waiting for God's time to change them because we cannot do anything in their life. God only can change the people's life. If God speaks to them, if God allows them, if God wants them even, but they have to be willing her to accept. Therefore, now is the time to praying for our community, to share about God's love, and praying for a loved one, so that through, our, through your prayer, someday the Lord may speak to the people that you're praying for, and they may come to Jesus, and they may glorify the name of Jesus. God is waiting for everyone. God is waiting for every one of us. And he is willing to accept you and call you a son and daughters. God is angry with his people, the Israelites, but he still loves them and forgives them. Because of God is the loving God and he is faithful. Even though how much we have against him, how much we disobey, how much we do that bad thing, but God still loves us. He is still waiting for you and I to see Him. And He is still waiting us to meet us and glorify and sing and dance things with Him. Let's stand together.